Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you put our three brains into a vat, this is the film they'd make. <laughs> yes. Slightly sprawling, slightly incoherent, but the nub of a great idea. Yes. And, um, yeah. Just um, the yeah. cast, the best cast of any cast. British oh film my ever made. God. Incredible <laughs> cast. Well, let's, let's um, start. And then so we many can, thoughts. Let's start. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Check the recording. Right. Recording. Yeah. Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back and happy new year. Ooh. If you're listening to this in January or anywhere close to the new year, welcome back to the 42nd episode of the General Witchfinders <laughs> podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in Southern England. I'm John Pountney and I'm questioning, was our last, when did our last episode go out? Was that New Year's Eve? Yeah, New on New Year's Eve. Eve, when we recorded it on New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, of course, yeah, that was, that was li- it was as live, wasn't yeah, it? Was, it? Yeah. Oh, it was live. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is, a, this is effectively as New Year, yes? Yeah, so mm. but this is 2024, which is 42 backwards, isn't it? So it's uh, <laughs> numerological, see, um, <laughs> okay. serendipity. Yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm in South Wales, which is still in the south of Wales. I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we watched Nothing But The Night. Faces of innocence, happy and carefree, but beneath the sound of children singing, there is a hum of evil. Filling their days with the terror of the night. Coachload of children. I can't believe that. Children were incidental. What? 
They were accompanied by three illustrious and very rich trustees of the Van Traylen Trust. The nature of the killing points to one thing, ritual murder. I want you to tell me about the fire. No, don't talk about it, please. Try to remember what happened. It was so cool at first, but the fire came faster and faster. anything to help her. I'd give my life for it. But if you're lying to me, if this is some kind of trick... The Masters of Suspense, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, unravel a web of mystery that reaches out from the confines of a hospital to a bleak island off the coast of Scotland. Is Mary Valley well protected? Colonel Bingham has made adequate security arrangements. But he can't protect her from the nightmares in her mind. Inspector? You will organize local volunteers for a search. I want every inch of this island searched before nightfall. Is it a mother's love or a thirst for revenge that drives her to this island? To be hunted like an animal. While the children play, disaster chills the day. and the night explodes with danger. But the Night is a 1973 British horror film directed by Peter like Sasty <laughs> <laughs> and starring big Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. It is based on the 1968 novel of the same name by John Blackburn. A commercial failure. The film was the... Uh, sorry, to, the, the script went the wrong way. Sorry. A commercial failure. The film was the only production of Charlemagne Films. Of course, co-founded by Christopher Lee. Uh, More on this I, later. Yeah, okay, I won't say any more at this point. And Anthony Nelson Keyes, producer of many Hammer films. This was his last listing on IMDb, apparently. Oh, really? Um, Chris Lee and Charlemagne Films optioned two other books by John oh. Blackburn. This is the bit I was going to (laughs) say. Portrait of Barbara and Bury Him Darkly, which were envisaged envisaged as sequels to this movie. Amazing. With Lee recreating the role of Colonel Bingham, but it didn't work out. They also If there's a a reason for AI, it's to get those those films made, isn't it? Yeah, they also optioned. You notice that he's wearing his favourite jacket as Colonel. <laughs> I was gonna, that's my note later on. Yeah, so it's exactly the same coat that he wears as Lord Summer Isle. Yeah, anyway, yeah. okay, let's that's, that's not, that's not, that's not spoil all this before we get into yeah. it. Right. They also optioned some of Dennis Wheatley's books, yeah. but only To the Devil and Author was ultimately made by Hammer. Peter Sasdy also directed Taste the Blood of Dracula, Countess Dracula, Hands of the Ripper, The Stone Tape. And both series of Adrian Mole. What a CV. <laughs> what a CV. Screenwriter Brian Hales wrote six stories for Doctor Who and created the Celestial Toymaker, recently brought back in the 60th anniversary episodes. This is our tie-in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, it's, all, it, it's all planned. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, played by one time James lookalike Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah. Doogie Howser MD. They're correct. <laughs> the, uh, the Ice Warriors. And he also introduced the Ice Warriors, introduced in 1967, Amazing. and the feudal planet uh, Peladon, setting mm. for the curse of Peladon and its sequel, The Monster of Peladon. Along with our heroes, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, this film also features Diana Dawes as Anna Harb. Diana Dawes, real name, Diana Mary Fluck, incredibly, <laughs> came to public notice as a blonde bombshell. Was promoted by her first ha- husband, Dennis Hamilton, mostly in sex film comedies and oh. risque modelling. Two-way mirrors. It, here we go. After it was revealed that Hamilton <laughs> had been defrauding her, she continued to play up to her established image, and she made tabloid headlines with revelations of the celebrity sex parties <gasps> reportedly held at her house with then-boyfriend Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I feel at this point, because it will come up again, if we have mentioned it before, she was also arrested by my grandfather for prostitution. <laughs> not Frankie my, Howard. Not Frankie Howard. No, my grandfather was a policeman in the Bournemouth area and in what must have been the 1940s, uh, he he arrested her in Bournemouth uh, for, for being a prostitute. So fun facts there, everyone. And I can also remember my uh, maternal grandmother being quite cross with my, my grandfather just getting very obsessed with um, Diana Dawes whenever she was on any of the films there always seems to be a black and white film being shown at my grandparents house and I went there still is in my house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next to a coal fire which she was heating up batteries on a spade to get some more life out of them wow <laughs> <laughs> there would be a Dino Doors film on. My, my, L- less of that happens in this house, to no. be fair. But um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we've also have uh, Georgina Brown as Joan Foster, mm. uh, and this was my big breakthrough note as we watched. I thought I recognise this woman, and it yeah. says her breakthrough role was Nancy in uh, Oliver, a role she created in the original 1960s London production, but is most memorable to your hosts as Helena Rosensko, who is uh, Lieutenant Worf's adopted mother in Star Trek The Next Generation. Amazing. And she appeared in, in a few episodes. Incredible. Then this film also features, oh my goodness, Keith Barron as Dr. Haynes playing an, an incre- oh so much to go into and Keith Barron is most famous uh, for playing David Pierce in the yeah in the wildly popular ICV 1980 sitcom Juicy Free um, <laughs> which also featured who was the 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 uh, the main lady in Juicy Free Gwen Taylor yes yes um, Gwen Taylor who looks weirdly like my mum Oh, really? <laughs> yes, Ross was saying. Yeah. Not so much now. She's a septuagenarian. But back in the, the back in the 1980s, Gwen Taylor and my mum, there's there's definitely some uh, there's some DNA, some DNA mixing going on there. Yes. Um, so then the and perhaps in many ways the film's antagonists, and it's quite remarkable, yeah. especially if you've um, were have been someone who's been brought up in the British Isles, is um, Gwyneth uh, Gwyneth Strong playing the child. Mary Valley. Now, she is most famous when she grew up. She played Cassandra, Cassandra. In, only, in Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> so, Nicholas Lindhurst as Rodney, his wife. So, yes. to see her as a girl is weird. And she's very, <laughs> uh, she's also very good in this as yeah. well. Probably the yeah, best yeah, person yeah. in it, I reckon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, more of this later, but Christopher Lee is. He's not even telephoning this performance in, is he? He only wakes up when they're about to burn him alive. Yeah, something reminded him of the Wicker Man, and he was like, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on, yeah. This is why I wanted to make this film. 
<laughs> However, Gwyneth Strong also appeared in the observation segment about Detective Samantha Smith made for the 1990 series of The Crimson Factor. Yes. <laughs> yes, I used to love those bits on The yeah. Crimson Factor. That and, of course, the assault course. Those yeah, the yeah. And rearranging the prospects. Yeah, I wasn't into that so much. I was found that it's quite dull to watch. Anyway, (laughs) but then also making up this cast is Fulton Mackay, who is famous not only for his role, uh, Fletcher, in in Porridge. Porridge, yes. He was also in Fraggle Rock. Oh, yes. Or the UK version of Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Which I didn't realise until that. The bits where they show. Yeah, the American version. The bits where, which are in like the real world. They just changed it for different countries. So there's, no a, there's a Canadian version, there's an American version, oh. and there's a uh, so it's a it's a lighthouse on um or the British one, wasn't it? With um yeah. yes, uh, but there, it's like a, a shop with the dog in the American one. No, and no way. So Whoa. the um Uncle Traveling Matt stuff was was recorded in different countries for whatever country they was in. Well, that's wow. quite clever. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Was it William Shatner in the American version? I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Fraggle. It's a freckle on the wing. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, so rounding out our cast is John Quasimass Robinson as Lord Fornley, Morris Perry as Doxy Yates, and then Michael Gambon, Gambon, a.k.a. Dumbledore for for many of our listeners, I'm sure. Uh, But then also (laughs) as well, the singing detective more than, you know, more so than anything else. Um, as Inspector Grant, then we've got Duncan Lamont as Dr. Knight, and then Sheila yes. Fraser, a.k.a. Aunt Beru from Star Wars, <laughs> the original Aunt yeah. Beru, uh, yes. as Mrs. Allison, unbelievable. And then Kathleen Bryan as Dr. Rose, and Andrew McCulloch as Malcolm. Not, wow. the, young, not the young Aunt Beru, who I got chucked off of a Star Wars message board by saying hubba hubba about her. Oh, <laughs> when will you learn? When will you learn, Two Ross? Words. There's no... There's, there's no place for that in Star Wars. No, Come on, mate. No. Respect. No. Um, <laughs> right, some okay. other notable um, mentions from the uh, credits. Philip Martell, who mm-hmm. was in charge of the music, not the score, I think the the orchestration maybe, mm-hmm. he is credited on every British film, literally almost, that he's ever made. Mm. I've looked at his IMDb and he's got 142 credits for music. <laughs> so I always see his name and I think, I wonder what he did. But if he got paid £1,000 per film, imagine how rich he was in the 60s and 70s. Mm. Um, wow. We've got Les Bowie. I don't know. He did special effects in this. I don't know if he's any uh, relation to uh, David. I don't David know if that's Bowie. his brother or his uncle. Um, <laughs> and obviously we've got Brian Hales, who... Um, it's just this film is is a, a, a kind of nexus point for for this British it, yeah. <laughs> and perhaps nothing else. Yeah, but it, it's it's like a whirlpool maelstrom of um, of of nineteen seventies British horror and sci fi, isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely mad. Charlemagne in itself. Have did you see what I mm. sent you earlier? The claim that um, was made about Charlemagne films. No, no. Um, I'll find it now. I don't know who you sent uh, it to, but I don't think it was us. Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah, I said there's too much material for one episode. Oh, yeah. Basically, mm. people also ask, is Christopher Lee still related to Charlemagne? <laughs> I'm not sure why they'd ask that. if he's still, still related to him. Christopher Lee is descended Apparently from Emperor so. Charlemagne of the Holy yes. Roman Empire. Related reckons, yeah. to, to Robert E. Lee of the, the Confederate General, nearly married wow. into the Crown of Sweden, 
And his military service stories inspired his cousin to create James Bond. <laughs> I didn't realise they were cousins. This is, yeah. a, this is a whole separate episode for this podcast, yeah. isn't it? Oh. Are Christopher Lee's stories true or false? Mm. You decide. Christopher <laughs> Lee is related to Charlemagne, the yeah. Holy Roman Emperor from 800 AD or something. Yeah, we'll probably find I remember that. that because he did, a con- he did a heavy metal concept well, he, album. Yeah, he did it. a concept album. <laughs> <laughs> Big Chris Lee is the man. We'll probably find out he's immortal and he actually is Charlemagne. I just, the more I looked into this film, the more I thought this is absolutely loopy. Like, I love that the fact that he's called his his own film production company after Charlemagne, but but then he's actually related to Charlemagne. Um, it's just mad. I mean, to all intents and purposes, this is a hammer film. If you, if you kind of read between the lines, because it's, Anthony Nelson Keyes, who was their like kind of top flight producer mm. in the glory years. And then, and then they must have put Christopher Lee put loads of money into this, but also, like you said, he bought out the rights to, they bought the rights to these other, to this other writer who, when I looked at this other writer's credits on Wikipedia, who is he likened to? James but, Herbert. James Herbert's yes. podcast favourite. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently that's good nearly or bad. all of his books are uh, concerned with um, uh, interracial marriages and stuff. So then, but I'm not sure if it's in a positive or a negative light. So, uh, oh, interesting. It might be, um, might be potentially uh, problematic. Yeah. Cancelled. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, but can I say, though, it's yes. an hour in before I was going, this is not a horror this film. This is not a horror this is film. Not a horror exactly. Film. That's what's so incredible <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. So I can see why maybe it didn't do as well as people expected because um, it isn't, especially no. if you got a Lee and Cushion in it and it takes an hour before anything's slightly supernatural or. I, or I, I think it's it, quite an. It, it's a thriller. Mm. And I, because I'd forgotten the ending. Mm. When, I, when I last saw it, I knew the ending. And, and so I was a bit like, oh. That's kind of disappointing. But this time I thought, actually, this is really quite good. But obviously we'll get on to that. But it, yeah. it, it's it's not what you're expecting. If you're expecting it, Victoriana with, mm. I mean, Peter Cushing's wearing an amazing hairpiece in it. Again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it ticks a lot of the right boxes. You can definitely see the join yeah. now. now. When you're aware yes. of it, you can see, oh, I can see where that bit begins. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I will say that it's a horror film that uses none of the tropes or conventions of horror. Yes. Until maybe the last five or ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. The way yeah. that it's shot and yeah. set up and things such as you said, it is more in keeping with a film, you know, which is a thriller. And yeah. in many ways, this is like a whodunit. There's a, yeah. you know, there, there's a big fake out at the end. The person who you think is going to be responsible for the murders is not responsible for the no, murders no. at all. No, um, more on that shortly. But. That's that's and then I thought, as Ross said, I was watching it, just thinking, is this is is this going to get spooky in a minute? And then it's only like we get up to the last fifteen minutes and it goes berserk. Yeah, I love and it. And that's why I was like, this is out there. This is yeah. absolutely out there. This so, is a great yeah. film. So Lee made this the same year as The Wicker Man. Yes. Yeah, and you can uh, tell. But yeah, so I'm trying to work out which, which came, came first, first because yeah. it feels to me like there there are elements of it, it, yeah. I think if it was if it was directed by um, Robin Hart, Robin Hardy. Mm. It would have been. They could make it. This might have been like the alternative Wicker Man. I, I think. Mm. That uh, to be fair, Cleves, this is better than the Wicker Man by some distance. Ooh, I think that would be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, only to only to film nerds who think the Wicker Man is great when actually it's a very boring film and people only like it because it's got Britt Eklund's boobs in it and someone else's bum and, um, and Ingrid Pitt. 
<laughs> and folk music. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of folk music. People get yeah, The Wicker Man is a musical. That's, uh, you know, yeah. that's the music the in this film is mental as well. Yes. Uh, so we start yes. off with the with the music playing over the top of crashing waves <laughs> yeah. with a, a, a fantastic font. I think it might be called Eurostyle. Um, yeah, the typeface is amazing, isn't it? It's yeah. very... Um, it's ni- very 1973. It's the kind of typeface you'd see on a tape recorder, like a reel-to-reel mm-hmm. tape recorder saying ultrasound or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, well, basically the film starts with a scene which is like um, an episode of Some Mothers Do Have Them that you may remember <laughs> where um, our hero is 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 um, hanging off a cliff um, suspended in a Morris Minor um, with Michelle Detrice. Um, did we mention the story about what was engraved on the inside of his ring when he left something like um, Phantom of the Opera? Or- no, sorry. Oh. Oh. I'm sure this is a story that we all know, but basically, oh, I know this. Michael was, Crawford. We should point yeah, out for the listeners, yeah. Crawford, Condor man. Yeah, Crawford. He was given a ring as he was leaving some performance, and basically ingrained, uh, engraved inside the ring was the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I heard that. Yes. <laughs> so you'll bleep out the word, please. No, but um, <laughs> or, or just take the whole story out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, um, great. It's a good one. So basically, yeah, it starts with an old lady. Um, being being seen to be pushed off a cliff in a car, in a Morris in a, in in a, a Morris, yeah, Morris Mine estate? a thousand estate, estate. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, um, an old man dies um, being pushed out of a window or something by a giant boxing glove. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's got, quite... yeah, they've got the the leather gloves on, which is like everyone has that in movies when you're going to see yeah. a hand, but you don't, yeah. you can't, you can't see if it's a man or a woman. And then someone else gets shot in the face, don't they? Yes, yes. which did make me wince a bit when the gun goes right onto a. Like, like yeah. under her eye, yeah. yeah. Um, I also, my opening note was I said, Well, who knew that uh, a Morris 1000 would explode like a nuclear weapon? It rolls off the cliff, and instead of just like rolling end over end, yeah. about three feet out, it just goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoa. I wrote, Why would it explode at the top, top. not the bottom? <laughs> I think maybe like they, it went off uh, too early, but they they didn't only had one car. Yeah, I think and Les Les Bowie was probably stood there with his little device to press to blow it up. And he, maybe he sneezed, or he pressed it on take rather than you know whatever. And then the man pushed from Action. the uh, the, the, the the balcony in the, in what looked like a London residence. I just put this is just like a Russian billionaire's death. Yes, <laughs> there's been a spate of these. I don't know for our international listeners if they're aware of that, but like a yeah. number of Russian oligarchs have met their their deaths in very very suspicious ways. Which well, but now we suggest- know, now we know why. Well, Putin is looking for immortality, yeah. isn't he? Well, <laughs> and so, yeah, this guy is suddenly being, as John says, pushed out by a giant boxing glove. I was like, oh, this is very Russian billionaire's death. But all of these people it? are killed. They're in some kind of like trance before. They do look in a trance, yes, which. Yeah. Yeah. They're not bothered. They're not bothered in any no, way. They're not fearful about meeting. It's no. not, and it's not really explained why either, uh, even by the end. I mean, uh, the, the people who are around at the end look in. Slightly in a trance, but you're not really sure what's happening at that point. Are you? Mm. Let's face no. it. Um, yeah, but did you like the cut they did when the when the the gun went off? It cut to the uh, the exhaust pipe uh, of the bus. Oh, did it? Yeah, off, <laughs> going off as well. yeah. So we're on a coach trip with a load of um, annoying children. 
noisy bastard kids i think the driver says and I, you know, I put fair bus driver assessment because, yeah. because as as listeners may know, I'm a teacher. I've been on coaches with, and in one, one ways, this is the changing of the times. That these days, you wouldn't have that degree of rabble because everyone's just on their phones. Yes, but at the same time, oh god, this just brought me out in a cold sweat having to do long cold coach journeys with just kids going yeah! and puking. Constantly. I remember one girl hyperventilated on, on a on a coach somewhere, and um was given a um, cheese and onion, a bag of cheese and onion crisp to hyperventilate into, and the smell was so bad that it made him vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where we were going. It was a long oh. trip, and it, the oh, bus man, smelled yeah. of spew for like 20 hours. I think we oh. went to Barcelona on the coach from oh, Leonard to Spa. Oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah. oh. So... Um, so he tries to... So the driver tries to spark up a ciggy, doesn't he, with his lighter. Yeah, which... Um, hmm. So uh, the I some some of the things I read said that he sets fire to the bus by mistake or something, but I, that's not what I no I, what I um got no there isn't a fire. I I think what you find out later is that he is deliberately set on fire. I right. don't want to say by who at this point. Or right, who, okay, but yeah, but I think that uh, he he is badly burned and dies in okay. that conflagration. Yes. But the, the coach, I don't, they say that the coach isn't on fire, uh, fire don't no. they? Mm. Yes. So do some of the children die in that fire as well? Or is it just no, the bus driver? No, okay. no, it's just the bus driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. why does she end up in hospital then? So just because there's been a crash. The coach has crashed. Right. The coach crashes because the the driver is dead, Cleves. Right. <laughs> it's on a self-driving coach. We, we should we should point out as well that the the, the rabble, the, the kids are being led in song by <laughs> young Mary who is our said yes. main character in many ways. And she's getting them all to sing like 10 green bottles, which just sounds yes. abysmal. It just sounds awful. And it goes and she's on like ages. them up yeah. in, into a frenzy. And so that's what, and I put, this is like a health and safety nightmare. It's like a public information film from the series. Like, Kids, don't stand up in the aisle of a coach. Don't and sing. Was, that was in a coach. <laughs> Children, do not sing in a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Joviality can lead to death. Yeah, God, <laughs> I just had that material on the seats. I can always remember that being really kind of like spiky and like kind of like. Oh, yeah. And like when you was mm. a kid and wearing shorts and stuff, you really didn't want to have your. Horrible. Yeah. No. Do you remember the things oh, on the yeah. back of the of bus seats where so people could um, scrub out Smoke. their cigarettes and then drop them yeah, on the floor? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But with those seats, you always know that someone in the past has pissed themselves on those seats, don't you? Oh. And, it, and they're made to. Yeah, they're made to look like that, so you can't see the stains on them. Disgusting. And if you, if you would hit the seat back, it would oh, release like the a dust. plume of oh, dust, God. which I can only describe as being what I imagine very similar to what was let out of the uh, the nuclear reactor in Chernobyl. Which is this- <laughs> so I've been told anyway. by my dentist that I've got all micro fractures all in my teeth, um, mm. and I thought that was from when I came off my motorbike and, and hit the floor. But oh, thinking oh yeah, back yeah. now, okay. I think it might yeah. be because when the bus used to be um, Id- sort of a idle and it'd be vibrating, you know, <laughs> I used to put yes. my teeth on the metal bar <laughs> on the, so, so, so it would rattle my teeth. But now I think maybe that's why I've got the microfractures. <laughs> wow. Okay. My, so, my, yeah. Microfractures become in collections of five. Michael, <laughs> microfractures uh, become in collections of five. You can't say it very fast, can you? Do you remember that, please? No, what's that from? 
Micro machines come in collections of five. Collections Micro of machines five. come in collections, <laughs> of, collections five. of five. You have to have the voice was... of Blur to do it, really, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there, there was there was a guy again. I remember any American listeners, you'll know who he is. His kind of shtick in the states was he could talk really, really fast, and so mm. he was utilizing mm. lots, lots of ads, saying things at a really fast speed. And the ads for micro machines, the little tiny cars, which were crazy. Uh, yeah, when, when we for were ten kids. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was the TV ad. They, the ad always finished with him going, Micro Machines Coming Collections of Life. Micro Machines Coming Collections of Life. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Plus incredible Micro Machine pocket playsets. Each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun fantastic features in this Micro Machine service center with many more. And these playsets fit together to form a perfectly precise Micro Machine world. The Micro Machines collect and race and trade them from Blue. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Yeah. Anyway. Like, that, like it was a big selling for. point. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> James, it's some... Um, like, it's, it's, what is it? Generic Toddle or something Generic like that? Toddle, well, we've had another yeah. one-star review since <laughs> then. Oh, amazing! Come on, bring, bring it on, please. Bring it on. if it's on there. Is this somebody I've wronged? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is this somebody I've uh, right. If I read it out, that means someone's got to give us a five-star review in order to cancel no, it, it out. It, it does. No, it doesn't. No. Come on. Um, one star review. This is not a call for one-star reviews, and you will not get read no. out just to get, if you give <laughs> it us It really one. is. It's not. <laughs> Okay, this is by Dan J. Hardy. Um, yeah. One star, the, the um, one word uh, title, Review. awful. Great. <laughs> Just more unfunny blokes sat laughing at their own, <laughs> in inverted commas, jokes, deeply banal stuff. Great. Yes. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Dan. for listening, mate. <laughs> Cheers for that. Uh, I'm glad Craig's, you carried on listening. Great uh, assessment. Yeah. Looking forward to episode 43, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ellis and, and uh, John, whatever his name is, got on Five Live talking this amount of shit, didn't they? So maybe mm-hmm. we'll... Um, all they do is talk about fucking Queen. Hold on, yeah. So the, so the coach crashes, and we then cut to seeing young Mary in hospital, bandaged heads, and we're told that even though she only has superficial wounds, cuts and scrapes, yeah. she's absolutely, she's Doodly. out. Doodly. And Keith Barron, aka Dr. Haynes, who we learn is a basically a psychologist rather than a, a you know, the rather than a MD. Uh, he's shrink. Like, oh. Yes, he's like, oh, perhaps some hypnotherapy could bring her out of this, so on and so forth. Um, he then decides, or if I seem to remember, um, he decides that he needs to get permission from this or for this or what have you. Yeah. And that is when we get, and my notes just say yes. And I, now I remember it's because we then get Cushing and Lee. Yeah. Cushing has landed. Yeah. <laughs> who's in his own department with his own name over the name. Yeah. Well, he's got a whole wing, <laughs> yeah. Peter Cushing. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it looks very, very similar to, to the uh, high security uh, facility from Life Force, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Lots of glass it's basically, I have written, this is what, in my mind, this is what hospitals still look like. When you go to hospitals now, they're very like, they're horrible now. Yeah, yeah mm. but, but in the 70s, they look kind of quite, Quite airy, quite spacious. Yeah, with ramps and shit like that. Yeah, a bit of design flair. Now they're just horrible, white, clean surfaces everywhere, aren't mm. they? And they smell really very. Yeah, that's what a cigarette smoke like they should do. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're introduced to Sir Mark. Mm. Um, which one is he? Cushing. That's Peter Cushing. <laughs> that's Cushing, is it? And then we are we when so basically I've put Sir Mark Cushing and Lee fine men yeah. so yes. we're introduced to them quite simultaneously are we at this point yeah they're yeah. hanging out they're yeah. hanging out together already when Keith Barron says oh up. really as yeah. pals Chris Lee Lee just, just trying to bring him on board to help him because um, uh, Christopher Lee is coming out of retirement in order to solve a, 
uh, a, a mystery. A, a, this mystery, which is personal oh, this time. That's so that's right. the deaths of the yeah. Uh, I know the, the three the trustees. Yeah. Yes, we are now. So this is this is Christopher Lee's character from Deathline, obviously, isn't it? In the bowler hat, yeah. <laughs> he comes in as the MI five. So all yeah. these films somehow link up. I think across their own Marvel esque universe, where there's a sinister. There's a sinister world, a sinister underworld in 1971 to 73 London, isn't there? Yeah, and, it's, um, and um, Christopher Lee is the the, uh, the nexus point for all. Uh, well, he is. Yeah, I mean, he at one point, one of his alter egos is trying to re- resurrect the bubonic plague to kill all of humanity. <laughs> or, or was it a case of when he's got the moustache, he's playing the same character? He's a good guy. He, yes. He, yes, no tash. Yes, bad guy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't. I the Wicker Man isn't in in this. Uh, Universe, <laughs> but yeah, well, I don't know why I'm sneezing. Well, he, ha- he has a tash in um, Def, a Def Line. He has a, yes. a, has a yes. tash Goody. in um, the the, the, Horror, the railway one. Horror Express. Horror yeah. Express. Yeah. Yeah. Canonical. Yeah, and but has, that's not that's not set in 1971. Please. No, but we have we have um, established <laughs> that he is immortal and he's actually showing. <laughs> but is he, he's an eternal. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's got a beard when he's in Star Wars, and he's about that's that's bad. Oh. So, oh. Say same with Lord of the Rings. He's back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, this is this is this is turning into a thesis. Anyway, <laughs> right. So what we learn is that I said the one thing that I noticed was uh, Christopher Lee has a remarkable way of saying the word suicide. <laughs> Did you guys notice this? And I said, no. he says it suicide. Suicide. <laughs> Try it out at home, guys. If you want, yeah. like, so David, stuff like, like that. Suicide. 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 It's a suicide. Do you remember right. that song? Suicide. It's a suicide. Um, oh, it's an amazing tune. You'll have to put it on the on the podcast somewhere, yeah, okay. please. Oh, okay. yeah, I um, it's by the Grave Diggers. Suicide. It's a suicide. Suicide. It's a suicide. Suicide. It's a suicide. Suicide. It's a suicide. It came out in 1994, I think. Well, so, um, yeah, so we find out through through the, the conversation of the three men that um, Christopher Lee wants to, you know, wants Peter Cushing, Sir Mark Ashley's involvement, because he's like, there's something afoot here, these three trustees of this charity, which the looks Van after... The Orphanage. Which, yes, which looks after children. We don't learn to start off with that it's, you know, set on an island in the, in the middle of Scotland. And there's only about ten children there. Yes, uh, or, you know, on the outskirts of Scotland. We don't yeah. learn that yet, but that is the deal with it. He thinks that there's more going on than just suicide. Uh, and <laughs> Peter Cushing is, uh, would we say, slightly reluctant to start off with? Well, basically, he's just lost his wife, Helen, and he thinks, what I want to do is sleep in bed with Christopher Lee for six weeks while we make this yeah. film. Um, Watching so, yeah, Looney go- Tunes cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go along with whatever you say, Christopher. Okay. Yeah. Charlemagne. Yeah. If you want me to call you Charlemagne. Charlemagne. So be it. <laughs> and then I've also point, pointed out my other note just says Big Chris Lee smiling under uh, under duress here, like he's in a hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> like when he smiles, he never looks comfortable, does he? No. As a character. Uh, no. Or like as that. a person. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There is a weird sequence in this where um, someone says, please, at the end of a sentence. Yeah, like because, because they realise they've been rude towards them. Um, yeah, the, the super- I thought, 
Why is that a thing in this film that within five minutes there's two people and then they never do it again? I thought that's the first time anyone is polite. Later on, there's, there's, there's we, when we get to um, Keith Barron and the uh, the, the reporter. It's yes, that, that, that strange kind of uh, confrontational kind of a uh, relationship. They have. Yeah, it was just oh, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah. Which yeah, is this strange. when she slides onto the floor in yeah. a, in a kind of sexual yeah. way? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah we'll, get, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> Oh, just to say, the guy who did the voice of for the micro machines is called John Moschetta Mo- Junior. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was in uh, loads of things, in- including yeah. um, uh, Dick Tracy. He, he's, no uh, way! Uh, and he was in uh, episodes of the A Team and mm-hmm. uh, the A Team. Still alive? His time, yeah. like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive? Exactly. Uh, he's got a big Wilf Lung moustache on the uh, sort of great. Well, he was born in 1954. So, and it's, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Sorry, John. Still alive. Have we got to the scene yet where Diana Dawes, Diana Dawes goes, you tight little hustler. Hustler. <laughs> yeah, she's just turned up now. She's just turned up at the hospital oh, yes. demanding to yeah. see, her, see her. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so she goes Go. to the hospital first, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Because yeah. so, we should point out, she's one of the, other, one of the main characters in this that, that we learn yes. that. Mary, who is in this comatose state, who was you know leading yes. the singing on the bus, her mum <laughs> is Diana Dawes, aka Anna Harb, as she's called in this. And yes. I, there's only one word to describe: she's brassy. She she's is very she's brassy. She's like later. Yes, very much so. There's yeah. a couple of scenes where she just pushes people out of the way who aren't in her <laughs> it's way. Amazing. <laughs> so that's, she wants to see wants to see a kid, and they kick her out, and then um, yes, yeah. we learn that, that it's let me see daughter. my kid. But her daughter had been taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, that we learn that because she'd been sent to prison for murdering three murdering, people, yeah, yeah, and being a prostitute. But then how she's yeah. got yes. out, we don't know. That's yeah. not. That's she's not where had she been? Broadmoor or yeah. somewhere like that? Yeah, was yeah it? that's what they so, said. Yeah. Yeah. Savile, right now, out you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy Savile sort of her release yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and then we also we. It's not made explicit. But it's clear that Diana Dawes is involved in some sort of fortune telling mysticism yes. hijinks. Oh. That part isn't. We can tell yeah. from her car, which I described yeah. as a hippie movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, got yeah, all yeah, like tarot yeah. cards and, 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 yeah, like and a weird picture eyes. of a cat on the front. Yeah, of yeah, so. drawn all over her car. Actually, and that her... makes more sense to me now that, yeah. that when you find out at the a ending that there's connection. some kind of inherited. Thing, oh, psychic power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it makes more sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she, she's an interesting character. She says, "Look, they took my daughter off me. I want her back." And they're like, "Look, you you can't have her back. She's yeah. she's being looked after now by the whatever foundation." John yeah. So yeah. she goes to the papers to try and get help. The yeah. fan trade yes. or orphanage. Yes. Thank you. Those are the guys. So, so, the, so yeah. the big tabloid newspaper she goes to is called the Daily Echo, which is like, <laughs> 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 yeah, like, there's no big newspaper called press the Echo. Is no, no, there are no big papers called the Echo. No, it's just like shitty little local rags. Correct. Yeah. Are we talking about the Cardiff Echo here, or the, something or, that James no. has had a previous? Friction uh, yeah, yeah, with. That, that, that that would be that would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Western <laughs> Mail and Echo. <laughs> Western <laughs> Mail and Echo. So what, you, you don't hear that in Cardiff now because they don't sell it on the street anymore. Do not. Wow. No. Do they still have the man um, singing into the Echo mic? He's dead. Oh. <laughs> Toy Mike Trev. He's yeah. dead. <laughs> So yeah, the crazy. guy used to dress up as Charlie Chaplin, Paul Whoopi's dead, and he James. I, th- I think he's gone. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the, the guy Gordon the Tramp who always knows what time it was. 
<laughs> he's, he's no longer with us. Plinky Plonk. He's gone. Plinky Plonk's gone long gone. <laughs> the Plinky Plonk was a tramp. He used to play a one string guitar. Yeah. Um, the shaky hand man named Cardiff died as well. You about, don't see. You don't ninja? see. Oh, God. He's still going, probably. <laughs> Fucking hell. You don't see people like that anymore, do you? And I do wonder. If famous tramps. What has become of the great tramp. British eccentric? <laughs> yeah. There's another podcast. Tramp. Yeah. Famous tramps. Who is your with, tramp in your area? With us three on the cover dressed as tramps. <laughs> tramps. <laughs> Like like that teeth. Yeah, a bit like um, <laughs> um, the two Ronnies when they did the... Um, yeah, leaning on the gate and stuff, didn't they? Oh, that was good. I used to love that. Oh, fantastic. Right, so... More, yeah. more yet more twaddle, more generic, yes, this is yeah. The, yeah, banal. <laughs> more more <laughs> laughing at their own jokes. Oh, Awful. So, Dinodors, the 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 uh, the poor quality newspaper that that mm. she contacts says, "Yeah, all right, we'll send a journalist around." And this is Shirley um, Ballas from Strictly. <laughs> yeah, John says she looks like Shirley Ballas. I will point out that said because I thought when I saw her face, I was like, I know her from something, and I know. Yeah. Thank God for IMDb because I looked her up and straight away. I was like, Yo, it's Wolf's mum. She does look <laughs> a bit like Mariana Sirtis as well, which is a bit weird. Weird, but what I will say is up like. Um, <laughs> this, this one for the for the uh, the Freudians in the in the audience for the fan um, fiction that Cleaver's written in his head. Yeah, but I will point out that even though you know I I prefer prefer a lady's curvier, she was a very attractive yeah. woman in the seventies. Very She's attractive. Very lovely. I mean, I saw yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm on board. So yeah, and she has got magnificent hats yes. as well. You don't get journalists in big hats like this that, anymore. That was the working title of this film. Yeah. Magnificent hats, yes. <laughs> magnificent yeah, so, man. So she, she, first of all, she speaks to Diana Dawes and you know, gets more of her backstory from her, resulting in the aforementioned shot that John spoke about. There's only one crash zoom in this film, and it's in the bit where it yeah. zooms in on Diana Dawes and she says... You tight little hustler, to her, which is like, <laughs> like, wow, what a put down. But her flat didn't uh, look like a set yeah. to me. That looked like a real, someone's real flat. It, well, flat. It, looked, it looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd live. I'd move in there. That looked great. I thought. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember what happens after this, but we we then introduced to a very stone tape esque scene where Peter Gushing does angry in the in the style of Michael Bryant in... Um, stone Tape. The Stone Tape, as yeah. in, you know what the rat looks like, country boy, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the line is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, Cushing, I've never seen Cushing do really angry like that before. And I think there's a couple of bits of um, unprovoked anger comes out of him a little bit, doesn't it? I think yes. they're just desperate to give him something to do because essentially he's just looking in test tubes the whole time. And- uh, mostly, yes. I think I don't know if this is down to Peter Sasdy, the, the director, who, who up to this point, and including this film, had done some really top-notch directing jobs. Countess Dracula is one of the best L- Latter Hammer films. Um, Hands of the Ripper is very, very good. This is a very well-directed film. Stone Tape obviously is the the pinnacle of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So fair, and Peter Sasdy is still alive. Wow! Wow! So I don't. I if we could get him on as a guest or go and meet him, that would be the ultimate kind of thing, wouldn't it? But anyway, um, where are we up to? I think there's okay. lots of different threads in this film at the moment, isn't there? And they don't feel necessarily very. Um, 
No, balance. There's lots of no, plate no. spinning. And First time I watched it, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Hell I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> so get this what, at all. But that's every film we watch, Cleves. <laughs> is that we, that the journalist, uh, Shirley Ballas, <laughs> Wolf's mum, uh, <laughs> uh, Georgina Brown, she says, yes, all right, I'll look into this case for you and I'll start yes. to ask around. Meanwhile, we then do get Keith Barron does do his hypnotherapy on yes. young Mary. Yes. And she starts kind of giving it this whole, oh, the fire, the fire. Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, won't someone come and help me? The fire. Did she talk about someone called Vincent or something, yeah, like, something that like, as like that? Well? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. and then, very, very confident, Keith Barron says, "Well, thank you, and you will forget everything that just happened to you in three, two, one." And oh, oh, and she's fine, and you go, ha, 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 "I feel great." And then they say, "Well, but this is really weird because." Yeah. The coach didn't catch on fire. She's not been in a fire. Mm. So where has she got this memory mm. of a fire from? Mm. Which really, once you know where the film is going, that is the core mystery. Yes. yes. They just basically just let it fall by the way. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yes. Entirely. Yes. How, is, how has she got memories of things she's not experienced? Which, it, again, which is ultimately a very interesting idea. It is. Yeah, as you say, James, they do kind of let, let, once Keith Barron is kind of ejected from this film, unceremoniously, uh, um, Paul Marion in Psycho, he, he dies yeah. within the first 30 minutes. And you're like, yeah. oh, I thought he's, you know, which is quite a brave thing to do because yes. he's a principal character. But then yeah. you're just a bit like, oh, What's the investigation <laughs> into that part just kind of. But I think maybe what they're trying to do is, is kind of hide, hide the, uh, the re- what, what's actually going on to try and keep it a bit more mysterious, but yes, but, but because they do that, you don't know what 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 thread to hang on to because it's, it's no. like, like you said, there's lots of things up in the air, and you're like, well, I don't know what 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 is the mystery we're trying to solve here. Yeah, so and, well, and they're, they're desperately trying to push it all towards Diana Dawes as being. We've got the mother, haven't you? You've got the the kid with the false memories. You've got the murders that are being investigated, and it's all. So all it's it's. I don't want to say it's badly directed, really, because it isn't, but you're not really sure what's going on at that point, are you? Because there's quite a lot going on, and I think it's quite rushed maybe at that point, whereas later on there are parts when Diana Dawes is crawling through a bush for the 14th time. Yeah. They could, they could, literally, that doesn't need to be in there, does it, at no. that point? Um, no. So then we've got... Um, they go down. They go. They go and have a, a cup of tea in the indoor market. Yeah, Shirley Ballas and Keith Barron. There you go. Who is they? <laughs> so yeah. once again, my, me, me having to well, be the watching teacher it here. on the screen. So Keith Barron, as the doctor, then meets uh, inevitably. What's happened is in her investigation, uh, Joan Foster, the reporter, say, meets Doctor Haynes, who's Keith Barron, and says. Well, can you tell me what's going on with this girl? And he's like, well, I can't talk to you about it in hospital. Okay, we'll meet up outside of hospital. We go and to the market. They then have a really weird date at a market, mm-hmm. at a covered market, oh, which reminded bit. me of that. It reminded me of that one, guys. That one that's in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Yes, Do you know, you know the one I'm talking about. Is it still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, in it was Cardiff, the in the market. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it feels like that. And amazingly, yeah. they walk past one of the stalls, which has a sign just saying. Live eels. Live eels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was terrific. And there's a pipe yes. event going on as well. Yes. There's, a, there's all sorts of weirdness. And so once again, this is a typical kind of getting to know you. As John says, it does give you the feeling that Keith Barron's going to be one of the main characters. Mm. And there's more kind of, oh, it's all very mysterious, the human mind. Uh-huh. Once again. And then as Ross mentioned earlier, the next scene is they go back to Keith Barron's flat. <laughs> and despite the fact that earlier in the day, it's been all business. Their conversation, all business, <laughs> this and is so weird. 
and somewhat antagonistic, I'd say. Yeah. Guys, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. really, They're kind of really like, aggressive. Don't you say that about me? Yeah. Or and then, like, literally three hours later, they start having sex. And it's like, where does this come from? You don't see that. You see a kind of sultry look from Keith Barron. Yeah, and And the music goes She slides provocatively from the sofa onto the floor. Um, And then (laughs) it cuts. It's just so weird. But you can imagine if this was a uh, James Herbert-esque novel that we would have five five pages. Very explicit. Yeah. yeah, we'd have a whole but chapter. I do. <laughs> yeah. This is this, this was my other big big bit of notes though. This is that first of all they turn up in Keith Barrett's flat, and I just put, "What is going on with his flat? So much furniture, yeah. the weirdest seventies yeah. flat you've ever seen." In that yeah, it's yeah. it's for all intents and purposes, it's one big room, mm-hmm. but the room is kind of bisected by Shelf. kind of shelving. That yeah. you can walk through, yeah. and the shelving, the big things that he's got on the top level of the shelving is a large model of a 1920s car yeah. and <laughs> a model of a railway engine. I, like, <laughs> I didn't look to It's definitely, this again, so, I think this is not a set. I think this is a real place because it's, this, it's way it's so over. bizarre. Like, uh, set dressed. It's really, really weird. It probably is someone's house. It's, it's a fascinating it's so film. It's a, it's a real time capsule, and, and that's why I really enjoy it because it looks. A lot of the settings are, I think, just, oh, let's do it in, a gym's got a flat. We can film it there for nothing. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, let's go over to Jim's flat. And then it's just, yeah, very, very quickly dressed kind of actual place, isn't it, rather than... It's interesting, the camera movements in this, because I was... was, um watching a thing recently about saying in uh, in the in the 70s they used to do a lot of storytelling with camera movements but no. now in modern films they just lock pretty much lock the camera off they yeah, do a camera, lot of, cam- yeah camera work now is very boring compared to 70s films yeah whereas like on this film you know, someone moves the camera sweeps around to the next place sweeps around yeah. to the next moves yeah. in it's just mm. yeah a lot more interesting movements on there yeah yeah, yeah 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 think about it Tom. Biscuits? <laughs> no thanks. All your sexy books. Yes. They're mostly technical. Mm. Peter? Yeah. Is Mary Valley in danger? Your symptoms are always serious, especially in a child. What's your diagnosis? I'm not sure yet, but I must explain her morbid fascination for fire. A nightmare about a blaze where she practically feels she's being burnt alive. Well, and then the one other bit that I really, I thought I'd really want to stress this, suggest this is, is there's the line as there, you know, as it becomes clear with the sultry sax music that there's, you know, <laughs> that, that something is afoot here. She walks up to his desk and the line is, she goes, oh, all your sexy books. And what I put is, now look, everyone, we watch some ridiculous things on this. And I'm a man, I own a lot of books. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm very happy. No one has ever walked into my room full of books and gone, oh, look at all your sexy, sexy books. books. People just go, why have you got so much shit? Why, why have you got all this? And his tape recorder. <laughs> Diana Dawes at this point was 42. Books. Wow! <laughs> she, oh, hard times. People did have harder yeah. lives, as we've, we've discussed before. They, well, and they smoked like seventy fags a day. But as That well, is also they? true. Um, so then, then there's a scene where 
All I've written is doors, 42. I'll murder... <laughs> Honestly, that's what I've written. Yeah. I'll murder you. So I'll who does she threaten to? You, she uh, says, yeah, who John. does she... Who does she... Does she Hospital threaten... Staff. Oh, is it? Is that Hospital, what Because uh, yet again, she feels that her daughter is in danger, which again, what we now know from about the end of the film is probably like some kind of, you know, psychic link, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Well, again, that's never really expressed. Mm. Um, and she turns up at the hospital and says, I'll bloody murder you, so on and so forth. And then it's another one of her incredible storming out sequences where she pushes people out of the way who are not in her yes. way. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then we suddenly see dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. Keith Barron has been killed by some costume jewelry. Yeah, yes. it's really weird to see what's going. It, it just looks like he's got like a hairpin in. Yeah, a big star on it. Yeah, but the big, but yeah, it's clear he's been stabbed through the brain by a hairpin. Thus, and it's like, oh, shock! So yeah, well, after- I, I wasn't expecting that. I'd forgotten that happens, hmm. and I thought, oh, that's quite that. It's the first of two big surprises for me in this film. Yes. And I, I watch so many of these films that I know them right at the back of my hand. And I, I, I'm not surprised very often, but this film surprised me twice, which fair play is a lot mm. of surprises. It's a lot more surprises than anything really <laughs> these days. It's worth pointing out that Joan Foster, the journalist, she is utterly nonplussed about his death. Yes. When you see her again later on, she, yeah. she makes no mention of him whatsoever. No, Maybe no. she was just doing her journalistic juicy to try and get the scoop on the story. Yeah, yeah, might, yeah, it might yeah. have been cut out. But I'm but sure I think at one point later on, she, she said to Peter Cushing that she loved him. And I thought... Uh, well, yeah, she said she okay. liked him a lot. Yeah. But they'd only met, they only met each other for the process of one day. Yeah, exactly. Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, once again, what the film leads you to believe is that, oh, Diana Dawes has killed him. Yes. With the hat pin. Yes. And we then see that, I know what we're then told as well is, after all this, is that young Mary is now being whisked back to Scotland. Mm-hmm. They are taking her back up to Scotland to the orphanage. And then that is when we cut to Diana Dawes and her hippie mobile is, is clearly heading to Scotland as well. Like and with Mel and I making time on the yes. M1. Absolutely that. And John, I put, I love seeing 1970s motorway footage. Yes. Because there's just nothing on the roads. No. You could literally sit down in, on, in the fast lane and have a three-course meal <laughs> and get through it. There's just no cars on the road. No. It's beautiful to see. So, yeah. So, we have a good uh, good bit of footage of Diana Dawes bombing northwards. Yes. And then Christopher Lee and Pete Cushing believe, ah, oh, you know, she's probably behind all this and she's yeah. probably going to go and try and kill all the other trustees. Well, they get yeah, that. Must from, get to Scotland. They get that from going to a very strange um, scene where they go to someone who's got a computer who they, <laughs> who they put all of the facts into. I've forgotten yes. that. And it prints that's out, all, prints out all the kind of um, all the kind of uh, suppositions. Yeah, exactly. So they can read it all out. And yes, and I've got to say the computer operator is definitely around. Like when we, when I was looking at that. Was he? Yeah. No. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'll take so yeah, we move to Scotland, right. and then for some reason, the music starts referencing ten green bottles, bottles again, which like it was on the coach. Because I just thought that's what they were singing on the coach. Yeah, so I thought, <laughs> yeah, but it is an odd choice. I'm not sure about that one, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, it's an odd choice because it's it's not it's not referenced again, is it? It's like you're referencing something that you you then forget. Well, no, they keep, later they keep on. bringing it back. It's a recurring thing. It's like it, a, yes. a motif, a, a motif. But it, Yes. But it doesn't. It's it, it's not revealed in the storyline, is it? That but I think I think so. It's talking about all the people, the people they're killing off, 
Are there ten of them? I'm not sure, but if there is, <laughs> that, that would make sense. But I think that's, yes. I think that's what it's referring to. M- maybe we found that out. Um... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So then the journalist, we see that the journalist then seems to now have the keys to Keith Barron's gaff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, obviously, there's no police there. He's just been murdered. No, and no one knows yeah. who's, who's murdered him at that point. There's a key suspect, but, you know, there's no investigation in his flat. She lets herself into the flat, Mm -hmm. and then she starts listening to his tape recordings of the hypnotised Cassandra Mm -hmm. um, going through her memories that are they her memories Memories or are they someone else's memories? Mm -hmm. Again, with hindsight, we're we're making that that sort of uh, uh, importance to these parts of it, but I don't, yeah. It's um, not that obvious. And then yeah. we have um, sort of a few uh, Wickerman-esque aerial shots of the islands yes. of Scotland. Yeah. Um, strong Summer Isle vibes again, isn't yeah. it? Very, very strong. And summer we have Isle, uh, the, the ferry going across with all of the few cars going over to the island on there, which is um, uh, yeah, it's a nice, cool little shot. But then we see that um, Diana Dawes is seeing that the police are uh, checking all the cars who are coming, coming onto the island um, on the ferry. So she abandons her hippie mobile and goes on on foot, so that that yeah, basically they, they don't catch it coming. On and then anymore. one of the policemen is a stalwart of British sitcoms, but I couldn't remember his name, and I don't know if he was Harold Harold and Hilda from. Um, 
Oh yeah, Last of the Summer Wine or something like that. Was it? Were they Last of the Summer Wine? Yeah. How, or was that ever? Howard and Hilda were ever decreasing circles. Ever decreasing yes. circles. But, yeah. But also, we were, he... often turned up on um, Noel's house party for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, was also he's... the scientist in one of the scientists in uh, Flash Gordon. Isn't he? <laughs> So I think he's one of the Honest. police officers in this who says, we're looking for a Rover 2000, not a Hillman, whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. What I want to say at this point is that the Hillman at this point when this was made could have been only been like 10 to 15 years old. And obviously in this film, it looks about 400 years old, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Like, yeah. why did cars age so quickly in the 50s and 60s? Like, this is it's rusty. covered in rust. Yeah. It looks it looks fucked. And it, you see 25-year-old cars now and they still look like brand new cars, don't yeah. they? It's very oh. strange. But saying that, um, I've never, I've, I haven't seen a Ford car. Like, oh, I know, yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. So what yeah. happened to all of them? Yeah, they were already po- popular yeah, at one point. Yeah, they've they've gone, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so then, um, Gwyneth Strong, TV's Cassandra, is back in the mansion. Oh, whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like an orphanage, does it? It looks like a no. man, a mansion. Mm. And um, the lady who is Luke Skywalker's um, aunt, foster Aunt's mother. Oh, mm. I mean. Is she his real aunt, James, in, in, no, well, through, in Star Wars law? Through marriage, because mm. um, Anakin's mum married yeah. Klieg Lars, who's oh. Owen Lars's dad. Right. And Owen marries Aunt Beru. Yeah. Right, so okay. It and it'd is, be the last place Darth Vader would look. Would think, <laughs> yeah, because he was so traumatised by all that, Ross. He doesn't want to go yeah. back to the scene of his trauma. Where the, um, what were they called? The Tuscan exactly. Raiders. Tuscan Raiders. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so she brings in some hot milk and biscuits mm-hmm. for the little girl. I can't imagine anything worse than hot, hot milk. milk. It sounds absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I can remember, remember as a child, a couple of times people would give it to me thinking it was a nice thing to do. And you were like, mm. Mm. who were these people, Cleese? <laughs> the thing that I really hate about any, any, hot, <laughs> any hot milk drink, and I don't know why I say it, but I hate the skin that yeah. you get oh, on hot milk. God. Yeah. yeah. I've always had yeah. to ugh, peel it yeah. off. Ugh. And when I'm trying to clean it out of the bottom of a pan when it's oh, gone all yellow. Yeah. The smell of it. Good God. Um, uh, this is what the, this is what the listener uh, tunes in for, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, um, so yeah, then we're introduced to Kathleen Byron, who has previously starred with um, our friend Peter in Twins of Evil, where she plays his wife in Twins of Evil. She's also famously Sister Ruth in Black Narcissus. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing uh, pit pivotal performance in that um and then i've just written jet equates speedy response yes <laughs> so peter and and chris are um jetted off there they're on the trail aren't they yeah. so i don't know why peter cushion's brought along no there's there's what no reason there's no reason to, to bring a uh, no reason to bring a pathologist but they go on a jet Knowledge. to edinburgh airport which you see in a subtitle yeah um and then um but I just love that you needed two shots of a jet plane taking off and landing to show that they're speeding there to, to make some kind of response. Yeah, and, and a shot inside the plane as well. Yeah, yeah, where all they're doing is talking about the case. Yeah. What boring bastards. What did you do on the weekend, Sir Mark? You know, how's, yeah, well, how's the wife? Oh, sorry, I forgot your wife passed away quite recently. Didn't I've she? been researching my family history. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Also, like, did I got ever a... tell you some of my war stories? Sorry, that's not how you kill a man. <laughs> you did know that um, 
J.R.R. Tolkien was a friend of mine and he got upset <laughs> that if um, there ever was a film to be made of Lord of the Rings, that I should play Gandalf. Um, I, and I was cut out of the final segment, which was a very big trauma to me. That's true, isn't it? Because I heard him. I remember listening to Christopher Lee bigging up, um, what's his name that did the, the Lord Jacksons? Yeah, bigging him up massively on with Simon Mayo on Five Live. Mm. Mm. And then when the film was released, they'd cut him out of the last segment. Mm-hmm. And I just mm. remember thinking, ah, oh, that Peter Jackson's a twat, isn't mm. he? But not- imagine, doing, imagine doing that to Christopher Lee. Yeah. But not Michael Jackson, as, as I thought it was when I first heard. <laughs> <laughs> because I never heard of Peter Jackson. And, oh, I, man. and I misunderstood and I thought that Michael Jackson was making the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> imagine what that would be like. You know, guys, I think I'm going to cut out the Tom Bombadil sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. A big part for Bubbles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Captain EO, that's enough. (laughs) So then we see Gambon, don't we? He comes in as a policeman. Do you recognise him? Yes, straight away. Straight away. I I thought there was a mistake on IMDb. I had to go back after this. It's definitely not in this film. Mm. So introduce him as a policeman and then... So I've written now, so the peril is protecting the girl, no mention of the fire stuff again. Mm-hmm. No. So at this point, they're now trying to protect the girl from the mother, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, the, they think it's Diana Dawes. The, yeah. the Diana Dawes is coming up there to kill them all. Yeah. I, but at that point, do they think she's killed the... um? Whoever the, the no no the Van Tralen people. Did she? Did they think she's well, killed well, them well, as when well? They're, when they're coming across on the boat... They see another boat coming on, which is well. Yes, yeah, this is the second surprise. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I thought they were already on the island. So mm-hmm. I didn't know why they were going on a boat. Mm-hmm. No, they, they just got the plane to Scotland. Now they're going to get a boat to the islands. Where right, I see. Yeah. So then they're going across on the boat with all the tourists, mm-hmm. uh, all, the all the journalists. Press. Yeah, because, because yeah. it's a, a massive story. It's on the front yeah. page of all the newspapers. Which Christopher Lee's not very happy about that, is no, he? He's like, good. filth, all the filth, the scum, Indeed. the venal. This um, brood of tabloid vultures, yes, that, as he correctly yes. identifies them as. <laughs> Dear listener, don't Google why James is like that about a <laughs> small-time, backwater-town, petty-minded journalism. journalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, I forgot, I've forgotten where I was. Oh, so we're on the boat, and then for the second time in this film, I was surprised to see that the other boat explodes. And yeah, it's done boom. really well because it's just Fulton Mackay just, oh, yeah, laddie, they, 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 they talking are. shit. And then, boom, the other boat blows up and it's like, oh. So it's another load of the um, Van Traylon. What are they called? The trustees? Yes. The trustees, yeah. yes. yes. So another load of the trustees have been bumped off. We don't know how they've been bumped off. Well, we, we, we see how they've been bumped off, but it's never explained how that has happened. Mm. They, I had the feeling, because we see that uh, there's a building site on the island or there's yes. some kind of excavation work happening and the poorest secured shed <laughs> in Christendom uh, has been broken into and yes. explosives have been stolen from it. But they what? don't show who does that. And no, it's exactly. never I I've elaborated you, you think, on, is it? They want you to think it's Diana Dawes. I thought it That's was Diana Dawes. Yeah, yeah. So who? So, but I thought that they were showing that because later on, so we won't. I'm not going to spoil who, but later on, someone's got a load of explosives around their neck on them. Yeah, Yeah. have they? Yeah, yes. 
I thought they were just fireworks. No, I thought they were like, explosives. That's why Christopher Lee was going mental. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, oh, it's, it's, not too, it's not too important. Yeah. Uh, so right, okay. I'm following, yeah. Following this explosion, they <laughs> they decide that they they've got to ramp up. They have got to scour the island for Diana Dawes. Yes, who has somehow managed to evade capture. And the journalists are all very sassy mm-hmm. to them about how many coppers they've got looking for. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And yeah. my notes simply say they needed my granddad on this search. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would have sussed out Diana Dawes in seconds. He got previous under yeah, the yeah, yeah, you got it. Ted, Ted Ruffle would have got him. <laughs> right, but anyway, so yes, um, the search intensifies. They can't find her at all. Uh, and they keep then, cutting to her, like, scrabbling oh, through the... Um, the undergrowth. Yeah. Undergrowth with, like, it really, all... really dramatic music for not very dram- much dramatic no, stuff. No, she's eating an apple, then she eats a chocolate bar. Chocolate bar, um, <laughs> yeah. Ju- during this pro- ju- yeah. During this process, you hear the immortal phrase, cottage hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'd really love to visit a cottage hospital because they're in every every Doctor Who story between 1970 and 74 has got a cottage hospital in it. And it's like, what is a cottage hospital? Uh, well, Amazing. I was talking to my daughter about one that was just the other day because really? she was saying, we was in Dorch- Dorchester Hospital. Yes. Said, Where do the, is there a hospital on the island of Portman, which is just off the... Yeah, and I said oh, I think they got a little cottage hospital. But what is oh. a cottage hospital? It's, place? Like it's, just a, it's just a little small hospital where people can go, and if if they're not near a bigger hospital, to go and get treatment. And like I think, like a nurse or doctor goes there for certain. Is it more comfortable than a normal hospital? Because uh, cottage to me cozy. makes it sound quite cozy and yeah. nice, and kind of you know like oh cottage hospital. That sounds. I'd quite like to go to a cottage hospital. So I went straight to a cottaging when you started talking about. You would well, obviously, yeah. Right. So what I should also point out is at this point and in take the film, that out as well because it's offensive. To uh, who? Is, uh, cottagers. <laughs> cottagers. That incredibly, with twenty-one minutes to go, yes, this film this is now when gets it's dark. This is when because, it starts happening, James. <laughs> yes, we are told that another one of the orphans is, or another one of the orphans, one of the orphans has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is this adds to the peril. Mm-hmm. He turns up mm. dead pretty quick in what is quite a yeah. nasty. It know, is really time, nasty. It's We're quite like nasty when they find him. Yeah, he's had like a cult symbols carved into him, and I just put blimey, you know, yeah. this is and they this told, is they said he's been turn. stabbed thirty-two times or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and this is when I was like, oh, hang on, ritual. This is a horror movie after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With twenty-one minutes to go, I got twenty-one minutes to go. Right, so. Um, <laughs> So with that, everything begins to intensify. Um, we uh, we learn that the ki- the, the kids uh, of the orphanage are going to be having a bonfire night, mm-hmm. huge bonfire. And we see TV's yeah. Cassandra, the young girl, is like, it's going to be the biggest bonfire ever. Yeah, and, is, and you can just tell, like, this isn't going to end well. And the police are told <laughs> that, look, you're not coming in here. And, but yeah, you, can, you yeah. can stay outside the gates. And look, it, it infuriated me at that point. What's that? <laughs> well, it's because not, like nine people have died now, and it's like they're organising a bonfire. Aren't they worried that nine people that they knew have died? Yeah, and then and secondly, associated with this place. Yeah, and then you just let the cops in, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be like, oh, actually, we got to keep the children safe. They don't know what's happened, and it's like. <laughs> But they're all they're in like, on it, aren't they? They're yeah, all they're all in, all in yes. on it. But the, the, they said that, like, you've got... Oh, you've given it away now, please. Oh, Take sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, you, no, you're no, going to no. have to edit that oh, out. Oh, yeah. But essentially, they're, they're, told, they're told that 
your police can just um, uh, patrol the perimeter because on mm. all sides we've got a fence apart mm. from the back here, which is just the sea. And we're just, on top of, just a sheer on, drop, sheer down drop the into the sea, which is the best yes. place to have an orphanage with children running around, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Definitely, 100%. <laughs> all, I've, all I've written at this point is call in unit. Yeah. Why, yeah. why wouldn't they be worried? <laughs> Lots of helicopter um, shots other, coming up. Yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah. The other, the, the other two strands of the, the plot are that the journalist goes to Peter Cushing and then says, I think there's something up here. Listen to Keith Barron's tapes. Um, <laughs> he listens to Keith Barron's tapes. And he's like, that's very bizarre. And, you know, and then with that, Keith we get Barron a nice, FM. yeah. And then <laughs> listen to Keith Barron's mixtapes. Um, <laughs> And he, we then get from Peter Cushing, as someone who's done a fair bit on philosophy of mind and neuroscience, what I can only describe Ooh. is a lot of old twaddle about <laughs> the brain. Um, and long story short, dear listener, what we find out is that the people or the woman who was in charge of the orphanage, yeah. they were involved in top level, top, they had top people working for them. And they were involved in experiments wherein they could encode mm. all of their memories. Mm. And then somehow download their memories, dun dun dun, into a new person. Mm. So what we learned is the despite the fact that at the start those murders, as we said, with everyone looking very very placid about their 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 coming deaths, all of those elaborately staged murders at the start were just basically those people, you know, dying out of their old bodies. Yes. Before, because their memories have already been encoded somewhere else and they are yeah. now going to be downloaded into the fertile minds of the of the young orphans. Yes. And I, yes. I took it that they'd been wiped. That's why they were like passive and not yes. moving. Yeah, they, yeah, they exactly. Like yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a download. Yes. Yeah. So their brain, you know, their memories have all been downloaded. Did they now, explain how, said, how? They no. know, as I said, it was just twaddly business yeah. to do with hypnotherapy and, and things like that. And you know, computers were mentioned at some point mm-hmm. uh, because remember um, they say that guy who turns up on the island and says, "Oh yes, the two people that were here, they were the top people in their field." Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. You were just supposed to think, "Oh, but they had a couple of experts here who really knew about encoding memory." Which in mm. 1972, bearing in mind the, the state of the computer that we saw, yes, you, know, so, you absolutely could not do it any way, shape, or form. So, at this point, Christopher Lee remembers he's in this film. And decides yes. that he's yeah. going to do something. What? <laughs> yes. Get out! And he's like, "Right, I am going to go and charge up to the uh, to the orphanage. I'm mm. going to get involved." Yeah. Um, we have also seen earlier that Diana Dawes has snuck in. Yeah. But- yes. Um, and again, yeah, there's still you know up until this point, you you should have been thinking, "Oh, maybe Diana Dawes is going to kill them." <laughs> of course, it turns out Diana Dawes hasn't killed any of these people. She has just no. been trying to get her daughter back. Yes. And all of the mur- murders have been carried out by. TV's Cassandra. Yeah. Uh, the, the mastermind is young Mary. It's yeah. a great reveal. Really Mary. Yeah. It is it's, a great reveal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, all the yeah, fireworks yeah. going off, and then the children are all dressed in the clothes of yeah, their, miniature, miniature kind of their old naval. lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love sinister that bit. I think creepy. that bit is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And then they reveal that the uh the guy, which is on a big po- uh, stick above the, the bonfire, yeah. is actually the dead Diana <laughs> Doors. I think yeah. she's still alive. She's still alive. She's still alive. Oh, she's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with with dynamite around her neck. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we were saying earlier. That's where the dynamite's gone. Yeah. They've stolen the dynamite to tie around Diana Dawes. <laughs> and they then kind of drop Diana Dawes. Drop her onto the fire. The fire, which sends Christopher Lee mental. Understanding. <laughs> no! 
Und- understandably, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they tie him up. They tie Chris Riley up and stop dragging is... him into the fire. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. That is the most ridiculous bit. I've just put that big Chris Lee is felled by a number of small children. <laughs> they all like leap on him simultaneously and he just goes, yes. get off! But they don't like the cast of Bugsy Malone because they're all yeah, wearing miniature. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think, oh, come on, you know, Chris Lee was six foot plus. He could have just batted them away. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, never mind. So yes, as Ross says, Chris Lee is felled. They tie him up. And as you said, we then learn, you know, Mary basically confesses, says, ha ha, you know, I'm not really Mary. Yes. I'm not this girl. I am the original woman who was in charge of all of this. Yes. Van and Traylon. I, Van Traylon. And I will live forever. Yes. So as John said right at the outset, it's such an interesting horror idea here. The notion, yes. Which is, you know, HP Lovecraft touched on things like this as well. Mm. This notion of the the, the mind that, that lives forever and can be, yeah. you know, you can be reincarnated into different people. Yes. Um, the, that really, Ross, what's it, like the shadow over Innismith and things like that. It's, the really the, the brilliant. The Lovecraft uh, mm. investigations. The Lovecraft mm. investigations, which are brilliant, by the way, isn't mm. it? You know, the, oh, the there's a new one at Christmas, wasn't there? Was there was. Good. Yeah. Yes. Um, so all of those have investigated that, the notion of, oh, maybe you could then plant your brain into somebody else's and take over. And that's a real. Back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really brilliant kind of black magic-esque mm. story, which mm. has just literally just been revealed in the last five minutes. Yeah. And you're like, mm. you could have given us way more of this, mm. way more kind of spooky and unsettling things with kids who are acting in. Oh, oh, that's right. Because they say that one of the giveaways as to why they know she's not right is because she keeps using American words. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, did she? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. At one point she said gasoline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did she? I didn't, I didn't notice that at all. Yes, but anyway. So Christopher uh, Lee yeah, is about just... to be engulfed with the flames, and luckily, a helicopter comes flying over. Um, yeah, with uh, uh, Peter Cushion in it, and inadvertently blows the flames away from Christopher Lee, and they set fire to Cassandra, who, yes. who then flings herself off the edge of the cliff into the sea. Well, before she does that, she stops she to give like, them a, all, a final curse. Yes, yeah. yes, she does. And then, bear in mind what we said at the start that there could have been a sequel. I suppose yeah. that's what that was all about. Mm. That bit. She says, "I curse on you." Yeah, and then you yes. all of the, my plans to live forever. And then in silence, every one of the other children just fling themselves off the cliff. It's, and I was like, wow, "Which is brilliant." This is a. Me- it's it's also worth noticing as to how weird it looks yeah. as well. They obviously yes. just got like mannequins of small children. Just yeah. footage Dresses of like the Vickers, bodies of small um, children being yeah, like hurled <laughs> off of this very, very tall cliff yeah. face. It's like it's brilliant. It's way it's better than the end dark. of the Wicker Man. And I said yeah. to Beck, I said that film was. For me, I'm revealing now, really boring. I didn't know what was going on, but the last yeah. like five minutes was amazing. I said, like, amazing. Like, yeah. that was like, like, this is like giving it extra two points for me just for the ending of that yeah. film. <laughs> the was, ending is brilliant. So many ideas. Yeah. I, but I, mean, I don't think yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. watching this for this. I wouldn't have got to the end. I don't think. So yeah. I just think oh, it was, really? It was, um, but yeah, I love the ending of it. And I feel like, oh, this, this could have been. An amazing, amazing film. If 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 it just was a bit more uh, exciting, taught, yeah, 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 up, yeah. There, up to the end. Uh, yes, yeah. There are ways it could have been better, but I think it is still really good fun. I think looking at it through fifty years of time, it's obviously yeah. a nostalgic treat now, as people like to say. I read at the mm. time, obviously, that the reviews for it were quite dismissive at the time, and mm. I can see why. But I think now there is a lot of fun in it, and. Again, it's another, like, 
how many modern contemporary films come out now, genre films, with as many ideas as mm. in this film? There's nothing. They just remake a fucking colour purple or something again for the, you know, it's just like. Well, there's, a, there's an some... Omen prequel just, I just saw a trailer for. Oh, for oh. fuck's sake. And, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I read somewhere online that someone had um, likened this to Get Out, and it's basically, mm. it is the story of Get Out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, it, it's, there's nothing um, original now, whereas this is, there's loads of original ideas in this. There's, there's almost too many original ideas in it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so what do we think of, of scores? Scores on the doors. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, because, oh. it, because I, I really enjoyed like the where is this goingness of it and there was some absolutely I, mean, I said the cast alone and yeah. it really is a curio if you're into this yeah. sort of thing guys it's a, you've got to seek it out it's really interesting yeah, it's very watchable um, but unfortunately yeah. as I say you do think oh the promise here the potential Hello. of what you could have done with this story so yeah it's a three for me yeah I gave it three as well yeah. it was going to be a one up until like the last <laughs> like I said sake. at the end but it was an amazing ending I love the end of it <laughs> Hey, yeah. All right. The cat's come in. Yes. Hey. Um, I would, so relative to other things, what have I given 3.5 to, please? <laughs> so look. You gave Curse of Frankenstein a three. All oh, right. It's way, it's way better than that. You gave uh, Quatermass two, two a three. Ghost, really? Yeah. Ghost Watch a three. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, my my marking is not very consistent, is it? You gave the oblong blocks a free. Wow, oh that, God, was that's that was generous. Quite a mess too. Is amazing. You like, gave Beast Beast Baby episode of Beast Baby a three point yeah. five. Yeah. You gave Night of the Demon a three point yeah. five. Okay, this is probably a four then. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think I think that Quatermass two should probably be a four as well. You can't retros- <laughs> you can't retrospectively change them. I'm afraid ah, these, these doors are ah. set in stone. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think this is. I mean, like we said, this is a kind of a cult favorite for us, isn't it? Because of all the stuff around it, you could pro- mm. you could probably research and write a really interesting book about how this film got to be made because there's so much going on in the background to this. Brian Hales, the director, Christopher Lee produced it. The other guy, Nelson Keyes, produced it. All of the cast is amazing. There's a note here I got to, I forgot to mention. The, mm. the scene with the fireworks and the uh, bonfire must have been particularly mm. traumatic for Diana Dawes um, because yeah. it says here, uh, Dawes returned to Britain in 1961. She narrowly escaped death at a Guy Fawkes at Night party what? where the fireworks were accidentally ignited indoors. The house was destroyed and three people <laughs> died in the fire and another one had what? a fatal heart attack and Dawes was slightly injured after escaping through a window. What the Wow. Fuck? And then they tied her to a stick and set off a load of fireworks there. <laughs> Dangled her over a bonfire. Wow. Yeah. That's mental, isn't that it? That is wow. a hell of a story. Bloody hell. And do you, are you aware of the Dinodors treasure? The what? The Dinodors what? Treasure. Appar- <laughs> apparently, um, she, they think that she had 300, sorry, 3 million pounds hidden yeah. in, in uh, various bank accounts around Europe. And she yeah. left her son like one half of a code, which would, ex- would say where the money was kept. And um, 
Yeah, there's been a whole like t- TV documentary about trying to Amazing. decipher the code to find where all this money's hidden, but they they n- never managed to find it because that's mad. It's one of those things where wow. the code is almost impossible to decipher if you've only got one side of the uh, the, the key. Uh, uh, wow. So out there somewhere, the diner doors millions are waiting for someone to. Um, to <laughs> well, there you are, kid listener. If you're stuck for something to do on these cold January nights, maybe yeah. you can try and discover. Yeah, but you probably <laughs> open, like, open up the safety deposit box and it would just be a load of Super 8 films, wouldn't it? And well, it would, no, it would be <laughs> um, it would be a creature made of sludge, which would then <laughs> yeah. fo- follow you back to your... <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Cloisters. Spoilers for the most recent uh, Ghost Stories for Christmas coming up now. So, something horrific. Did anyone watch anything over the Christmas period? Or, or yes, we did, Ross. We did. Yeah, what did we watch? <laughs> we watched the, the Lot 249. <laughs> The um is, the, the newest BBC ghost stories for Christmas. Um, yes, by um, friend of the show Mark Gatiss. And it was excellent. <laughs> you enjoyed it, as yeah, usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas. I really enjoyed so it. it was superb. I thought that they showed enjoy. the mummy too early. Personally, um, I, I I felt like um because the mummy seemed to be I felt for like often on the the ghost stories they they hide off the monster to the right at the very end of yes. the view of it. But you did see the mummy quite early in this. Mm. There was another mummy, obviously, which was the big twist. If, um, yes. Yes. But um, yeah. I, Maybe I, we should say spoilers before we... Okay. Uh... <laughs> spoilers for the most recent uh, Ghost Stories for Christmas coming up now. So on. it's... I've reread the story. Um, I finished it last night. It sticks very closely to the story, pretty much, except that it takes out the fact that... Um, the character with the double barrel name, something Lee, mm-hmm. his sister is meant to be engaged to Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Oh. And obviously what what you have in the Gatiss version is more of like a homoerotic subtext going on. Mm. I think almost between the well, three of them, isn't it? Text. So, it yes. wasn't really a subtext, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, but otherwise, he, he, he lifts, you know, not that he lifts in a negative way, but actual big chunks of dialogue are recreated and stuff. So that's quite interesting. And they pop homes um, in it as well. I enjoyed that part, but I saw that people on Twitter who are joyless <laughs> and have very sad, petty and empty lives thought that that was too much, but I thought it was good fun. Oh, and I, I just thought, yeah. I just I thought like why that, not? Yeah, and I thought you looked that, like that Holmes was... in, the, in the illustrations from the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah, and yeah, I like yeah, the notion yeah, yeah. That, that this was like the proto-Watson. He could yes. have been Watson. Yeah. He could have been Watson. Is that why yeah. I, can, I yeah. need a, 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 a doctor, the idea of a doctor being at, at hand, and he's yeah, like, oh, no, no. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, I think it was a bit of a shame to kill him off at the end because I'd be more than happy to watch six episodes of another of a of a yeah. genre series like this. Mm. There's nothing like this on TV anymore. We get one episode that's 30 minutes a year. Mm. Yeah. Um let please TV commissioners, let's not have another series about antique dealers in a fucking van going round Dorset. <laughs> um let's have a, a drama starring Kit Harrington that, that loads of, yeah, loads of people will watch where he investigates stuff in Victorian Britain. It'd be amazing. Make him the next Bond, yeah. I think. I oh, really? It's too short. It's, yeah. it's too short to be the next Bond. 
like he he what was that um show on netflix but it's all takes place in the interview room the first one that had david tennant in it i, I think it's called criminal oh i've no okay. idea it's, it's really good worth watching um so the whole thing is um every every episode is just in the inter- interrogation room so it takes place and it's like you're seeing what's behind the two-way mirror and in front of the two-way mirror and the first yes. episode is david tennant and like for the half first half of it all he says is no comment but you just <laughs> no you, you just know he's evil you know, all the way through it. I hope you hear other dialogue other than just yeah, no comment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but when they, and it's about it's them trying to work out what they need to say to, to him in order to get him to break that thing. And it's really clever. But yes. um, there was an episode with uh, Kit Harrington where he's been uh, accused of rape. And, uh, okay. and it's re- it's just, it's one of those things where you feel like it would be my absolute worst nightmare to be in a situation where someone's mm. accused me of something. And mm. like, like there's, there's no way of me trying to like, you know, how, how do I, Prove it if it's just one, someone else's word against my word, and mm. it, and it's just it's really good, really worth watching. And mm. seeing that after seeing him in Game of Thrones just makes me feel like he is actually a abs- he's really really good actor. And um, mm. yeah. I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I thought he was very very good in this. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of Sherlock Holmes, yes. Um, <laughs> They, uh, I listened to a, a podcast at the moment which I really recommend called Sherlock and Co. Has anyone heard of this? Watson, come on, bring him back to the road. Yeah, 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 two sex. He's not coming with us. He can, he'll make it. It's not too bad a wound, to be honest. That shelling's getting close. Move now. We have to take him. We don't have to do anything. Leave him here and move now. Now! He's a kid, he's just... What was that? What's he got? What did you just do? Oh, shit. Run, run, run! is Dr. John Watson, once of the British Army Northumberland Fusilier Regiment, now a true crime podcaster based in central London. I don't have much experience in criminology, so this is mostly a record of how I met possibly the most brilliant and bizarre person I have ever and will ever know. Join me as I document the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. know in the original um Sherlock Holmes uh it was all Watson writing about his it was Watson's mm. memoirs wasn't it and then when um that's correct when uh Stephen Moffat and uh, Mark Gettys brought it back he was a blogger and it was it was it was basically his blogs yes. so now they've someone else has, has brought this out is is um that Watson is a podcaster TikToker no, he's a podcaster so he's doing a true crime podcast and um and it's, okay. and it's all done you know so you can hear the microphone him turning the microphone on and a bit of like it banging around mm. and stuff um and yeah it's it's really good it's really up to it, it's literally like the christmas episode comes out at christmas so, the, so there'll be a, a story happening at new year's when it's new year's and all that kind of stuff so it's as if it's ha- happening now his his persona is on twitter so he will re- read out people's tweets and stuff like that but it's mm. still happening as well but it's also 
it's you know this sounds cheesy but it is a laugh out loud funny i i found myself listening to it and actually laughing at it the, the humor in it is is really good um yeah, yeah so it's it, it's good it's worth listening to um yeah yes. and you know, the solve crimes like like looking at people's instagram accounts and things like you know like that and mm-hmm. stuff so it's a really good modern up-to-date version of it and, and each episode is only about half an hour long and they use is it based on any of the conan doyle yeah so um so they've had the mystery of the cardboard box the mystery okay. of um something bridge uh thor bridge or something like which i think is a um i think that's a, an original story but obviously all up yeah. to, all made um modern and up to date but it's mm. one of those things where like every time a new character comes on i'm going this is moriarty and it's and they go no it's not <laughs> oh this is this is oh, that's definitely going to be moriarty and so but the the irregulars are like homeless people so like he, he would go and talk to like, the homeless people and stuff like that and mm. like that kind of stuff it's really good i recommend recommend that the lucy worsley um three-part thing over christmas about conan doyle was very good as well if anyone wants yes. to find that British. on the british iPlayer. Foreign listeners abroad, get a VPN. No chance. And uh, the, I didn't listen. To, I didn't watch it, but there's the How uh, of the Baskerville was live um, thing. So um, Mark Gatiss did like a radio play of How of the Baskervilles, but oh, they, they filmed it, so you can watch him doing it. So um, that might be worth watching as well. Mm. Cool. cool. Right. There we right. Are. So what's next? Shelf. Okay. So next, next time on oh. Gem Witchfinders, um, on episode forty-three, we will be bringing you twenty-eight days later. Will we? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you changed the list again? No, no. You both agree to this. We are really? going to be bang up to date to the two fa- early 2000s with Christopher Eccleston <laughs> in 28 Days Later. Um, I remember going to see it with Simon Griffiths and he came out of the cinema and said, I could have stayed at home and watched Casualty instead of this. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll see if he's right. Yeah. And I'm going to try and release it in 28 Days Time, so that'd be good. But, um, oh. We'll until then, very good. Happy yes. days on that bone shell. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Peace. Thanks yeah. for the one star reviews. Yeah, don't keep doing that. It upsets <laughs> keep, me. Keep them coming, guys. <laughs> don't. No, if I keep talking over Cleves, you can't edit me out, surely. Yes, can you, can. Cleves? Easily. Oh. Easily. Wonderful tracks. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the General Witchfinders. <laughs> Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell. You don't have nightmares. It's Ross from the General Witchfinders. Did you know that I also do another podcast with my friend David? Hello. No, I had fans You're not taking this seriously, Ross. David and I do our own supernatural research and investigations in our home county of Dorset. So, if you think that's up your street, why don't you give it a listen? It's Dark Darset, D-A-R-Z-E-T. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's not
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.